Hello, my friends and listeners. This is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, with another theater horror story for Euripides, Eumenides, a theater history podcast. Oh, man, I'm having so much fun with these. It's really, really funny when you put out a call to a lot of people and say, hey, did something terrible happen to you on stage? How many people can respond? Absolutely, yes. And I have another one today. From Casper, Wyoming, the drama instructor at Natrona County High School, International Thespian Troop number one, this is Zach Schneider. Hello, Zach. Hello. Good to have you back. For those of you who may not have listened or maybe did, Zach was with me on our episode number six, Laura Keen. And uh, I don't know, I haven't done anything to promote that she should get her own theater name, but I think, you know, we're tearing down some statues as it were. And possibly that I think, I think this might be still something we could get happen. I, I think they, they, the, the, the booth, Keen uh, theater, they should just hype, you know, flash. <laughs> And just tie those two legacies together. If you don't remember, she wrote Our American Cousin, which is the play that Mrs. Lincoln was asked if she enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And did other things like, you know, uh, create the matinee and the Broadway tour and was one of the most powerful female producers at a time when that really didn't happen. Um but she's remembered mainly because she was in performance when Lincoln was shot and did a whole bunch to help the Lincolns out after he was shot. So go back and listen to that one. That was really cool. But Zach, thank you. You're coming to me live here from your uh, theater classroom. You've got a workshop going on in the background. That's really cool. Yes, we're uh, going to be auditioning for Chicago, the high school edition. uh, Oh, good. (laughs) Yep, yep. uh, In a week. And so the kids are learning the dance audition. And it's my favorite time because you have kids who have tons of dance experience and kids who have no dance experience and everywhere in between. And uh, they all have to learn a dance. And by the end of the hour, they've got it. It's it's fantastic nice now in your opinion this hits on something we talked about in a recent episode where we're talking about what's appropriate for people and students and everything in chicago i've shown to my kids i showed them the movie which is fantastic with renee zellweger and Catherine zeta jones and they loved it and they still kind of came out of it going you know there isn't really a hero here is there i'm like no no there's not and that's kind of the point is that it doesn't necessarily have to have a hero, but at the end of the night, did you have a good time? Absolutely. You know, I mean, <laughs> one of the things that as I've been preparing for it that I've looked at is, you know, none of these characters are ones that I want my students to emulate. And that'll be a, <laughs> that'll be a conversation that we have uh, throughout the show. But those are the people that we celebrate in our media. You yeah. Know, the people that, that you wouldn't want your daughter or son or, child 
to 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 bring home, but you know, we'll put them on the cover of a magazine and 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 talk endlessly about who they're marrying or divorcing mm-hmm. or yep, yep, because I mean, I'll be I mean, I think we can both be honest with this. The Bachelor TV series always ends in a successful relationship every season. <laughs> every season <laughs> I think, you know, every one of those reality shows where marriage was flirted with at the end, um, those couples are still going today. It's oh, 100%. They're, yeah, they're hooking, <laughs> their, they're, they're hooking their children up with each other now. Right, so. right. What, it, what was it I saw today? I think it was a former contestant uh, just posted like a photo of herself topless. Like she's laying on her stomach, so you can't see anything, but she she just posts it's like, it's so nice to be able to post thirst traps again. <laughs> You're like, well, in a way. She'll be selling uh, various jars full of body odors soon. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you can't really put that on a resume. All we, right. were born, we were born at the wrong time. I think so. <laughs> or we just get to experience all the fun? I don't know. Yes, anyway, yes. so we have some theater horror stories today for you, my listeners. I was going to tell Zach one, and then he has a surprise for me. So let me tell this one real quick. Now, Zach is currently an instructor, but he also has directed quite a few plays for the high school And I did that for a number of years at Sheridan High School up in Sheridan, Wyoming. And uh, my final year doing that, we did 12 Angry Jurors. And it's it's an adaptation of 12 Angry Men, but it allows for uh, any gender to be part of the part of the mix, which is really great because it's not so much about the gender. It's about the people and the personalities and everything. So uh, the way I did it was I had uh, uh, enclosed the audience in an in the round situation on our proscenium stage, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah. It. really that's the the only way you can do that show. I I I cannot figure out how I would do that in a proscenium because you know you got mm. twelve people to put around a table. That's a long table. But anyway, it, it was a long table when I did it. I mean, yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, so the audience gets the feeling of coming in through the jury room and then they hear the door lock while they're in there and there's that illusion of, oh, I can't get out of here when you can see you can see around the walls and everything. But anyway, I have a character, juror number eight, who ends up, you know, kind of unraveling everything right at the beginning. He just in the middle of one of his speeches goes, excuse me, I have to use the restroom. And we have a door that's labeled restroom. You know, because it's like, okay, so you have like three things you can do. You can look out the window, you can go over and have a drink at the water cooler, or you can use the restroom. All right, fine. So he disappears, uses the restroom, and we're going, okay, that wasn't a line. That wasn't prompted by anything. Maybe he legitimately had to use the restroom. Forgot to do it beforehand. Two and three minutes later, he has not returned. Now, he has not had a line in this entire thing. But they do need him to be there for certain votes and things that happen. Like, you know, we're going to establish how we're going to run this uh, as a majority vote. He's not back. I'm up in the booth at that point, and I run downstairs, and he's nowhere to be found backstage. I run out to the front of the auditorium where there are the main restrooms that the students are used to. Here he is coming out with huge wads of paper stuffed up his nose. He had gotten a horrendous nosebleed, and before it went all over his white shirt, it yeah, he, he went out and ran off. Now, what happened in the meantime 
is the students jumped ahead about 10 pages in the script where they're discussing procedural changes and everything. And I could not have been prouder of a cast for going, okay, he's not here. What can we do that does not include him? <laughs> and for five minutes, just completely vamped. And then rehashed the same material later when he came back in. It was amazing. Uh, it's a hard play to do that with because everything builds, right? It's like, it's oh, like yeah. trying to, it's like trying to improv Agatha Christie. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. But fortunately, he came in and convinced everybody to vote not guilty. So that was cool. And I've never, never thought to ask a, another group of kids. Okay, go check for bloody noses now. Did he save his costume? Did he keep blood from getting on his costume? He absolutely did. Okay, that's my horror story, and it ended Good up being not really a horror story. Nobody had any idea that it happened. It was awesome. So I, I've got a few, and and you can choose. Um, right. And I don't know if, like, down the law, the line, you'll have your your outtakes show or whatever. Maybe you can do the others. <laughs> the others in that. So now number three. All right. And I performer. think I've I think I've saved the best for last. Um, mm. And it kind of. It, I think it kind of ties into what uh, your story that started oh. us out. Oh. Um, the first scripted play that I was in was in middle school. It was Get Smart. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> which was a stage, yeah, stage version of the 60s mm-hmm. uh, TV show that was a parody of James Bond. And it was written by Mel Brooks. And yep. um, I, I uh, have been in that. I have been in yeah. that, too. So I'm familiar so uh, the reason I got it is because I was a huge Get Smart fan. I loved that oh. show. I watched it on reruns all the time. And I could do a perfect, like, hello, you know, the, the, the missed oh, it yes. that much. Don Adams. I, yes. Yeah. Oh. I, could, I could do the voice. So I get, I get the part. I get the lead. I'm Maxwell Smart, right? Yes. And we rehearsed this play for eight weeks i mean we rehearsed it so much and um we got one performing okay and, yeah okay yeah. so because it's middle school right it's like yeah, okay right. we're gonna per- we'll perform for the, the the your parents on saturday night this is your one performance <laughs> um and so i was maxwell smart and the the antagonist in the play is mr big Right. Yeah. And you ne- you never see Mr. Big. You hear his voice throughout the whole play. And then at the very end, spoilers, Mr. Big comes in and, you know, holds everybody hostage. And then Maxwell Smart tells everybody how he figured out the whole plot. Right. And so we get through the play. I mean, the play is rolling. We go, we go, we go. And um, yeah, you've been get- rehearsing it. You're, you're solid. Yeah. It's, it's in a groove. Okay. And, and so it, we're, we're, we're journeying to the end and we get to the climax and all of a sudden we're in that scene and I just look at my co-star who was playing the, my, my partner and I just <laughs> blanked. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell we're doing here. No clue. I mean, the line just left. <laughs> it wasn't coming back. So I just say the next line that, that came into my head and I jumped ahead about five, six pages. The line I got to is 
And you know who it is? Mr. Big. And he should have been on stage already. <laughs> Skip and the I, climax. Skip oh, yeah. it all. I mean, Hell I chopped it. out I chopped out probably three quarters of his only stage time in the show. Oh my god. <laughs> One performance. <laughs> and so and uh, you know that we, we had this this sight gag because the kid that we had play Mr. Big was a tiny, tiny guy. And yep. okay. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I I, I say this because I, I it, this is in all humor and not to bring this show down at all but right actor the actor who played mr big Mm -hmm. was uh, a kid i grew up with through my schooling and acted on stage with a few times it was matthew shepherd (gasps) oh my god yep so my first, you know, our first time doing a play together, we both get, you know, he's the bad guy, I'm the good guy. And I just totally like railroaded <laughs> through <laughs> all, all of his stage time. Oh my and, God. Uh, I, I saw him years later and I brought it up to him and he just started laughing and said, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. See, I've heard, I like I never knew him personally. I've always been adjacent to people who have known Matthew Shepard personally. And from what I understand, he was a very caring, very fun, very, uh, you know, a fairly energetic and enigmatic person at the same time. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And he was always fairly small. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So to have him play Mr. Big you know, in seventh grade <laughs> and he's, you know, f- maybe five feet tall. Oh so my God. That's amazing. That was, and you know, that, that's the one that you all, that always like you think back on, you know, I don't know if you do this, but when you're trying to lay there sleeping and you remember that thing you did 20 mm-hmm. years ago and cringe, um, <laughs> that one, I, I come back to quite a bit. And just, just blanking on, the unraveling of the entire plan. Well, at least you got to it, though. It was Mr. Big. It was Mr. Big. Mr. Big, where where, where are you? (laughs) Let's not set this up. Let's not rest on our laurels anymore. I figured it out. You don't need to know the rest. No. no, Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) And the connection there is mind-blowing. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, Zach, I wish your students all the best there. Hopefully they are metaphorically breaking legs behind you. Uh, And uh, thank you so much for sharing those fun stories. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Anytime. And for my listeners, this has been another theater horror story. Hey, if you've got some out there, please go ahead and send them to me. Trident at tridenttheater.com or look me up on social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm all out there. And until next time, this has been another episode. Ta-ta.